What's up, guys? Welcome along to Inside the Ten. I'm Jimmy English, uh, and joining me is a man who is a f- former Notre Dame uh, defensive back and indeed a former Las Vegas uh, Raiders defensive back, Sean Crawford. Sean, how are you? I'm doing well, Jimmy. Thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm excited to talk, you know, Notre Dame. I'm excited to talk, uh, you know, the trip over to Ireland and, you know, um, just the excitement that's, you know, that's around Notre Dame football and then also just this upcoming season in general. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, let, let's definitely start there. I mean, obviously, there's a massive buzz around this game, but it, it's unfortunately, it's something that you missed you missed out on during your time in Notre Dame. You were due to come over in 2020, uh, but the pandemic put pay to that. So it's actually going to be your first time coming over. Yeah. Um, I've, and, you know, obviously that year, it was it was a lot of, you know, adjustments that, that had to be made. And I, honestly, I was just grateful that we were able to, you know, complete that season, play a full season. Um, there were some peers and, you know, some friends of mine who maybe only got to play half a game or half the season and maybe didn't even get to play a season. And so um, for us, it was, we were very fortunate enough to, to play a full season. And we were fortunate enough for Notre Dame to make those adjustments in the ACC to allow us to, you know, join their conference and, and play a full season. But um, I was unfortunately not able to go to Ireland and, and play in the game. But, you know, this time around, I actually am uh, fortunate enough to be able to make the trip and then watch, you know, watch the Irish take on Navy. So uh, it'll this this trip will probably be, uh, definitely be a lot more fun for me. Um, and, you know, not having to worry about getting ready to play a football game and all the nerves and all the things that go along that with that, but so this one will be, I'll, I'll, I'll get to, you know, tour the city, uh, go around and, you know, have fun and uh, try out some of, you know, some of the Ireland beer. <laughs> but see, that's, I was just going to say, because you're not, you're not playing a game this time around, you'll actually be able to have a pint of Guinness. Yeah, yeah. So I'm actually not big that big of a, a beer drinker. So <laughs> uh, I think this, this would be the trip and the place to, you know, experience it for sure. So you mentioned there the, 2020 season for Notre Dame, obviously joining the ACC for, for football. Um, but for you, especially the 2020 season was fantastic because you were, you were named the captain at the start of the season. Tell me, tell me about that and how that felt to be a Notre Dame football captain. Um, honestly, it was, it was surreal, um, especially just with a career that I had uh, battling, you know, several injuries throughout yeah. early on in my career. So fresh, my freshman year, I had an ACL Sophomore year, I had an Achilles, and then my senior year, I had another ACL. And so being able just to, to battle through all those injuries, continue to come back, continue to fight, and then be rewarded, you know, my final season, uh, a captain of Notre Dame football, it was, it, was, it was surreal. It was a dream come true. It, was, it, it made everything that, you know, that I went through, it made everything worth it. And so, you know, when, when, you're, when you're in the middle of it and you're going through, you know, the long days, the, the tough, you know, training sessions, tough rehab sessions and things like that. And you, and you, so you ask yourself, like, should I keep going, especially after all these injuries? Like, you know, is it worth it to keep going? But, you know, when I was, you know, awarded um, captain by my teammates and coaches, everything just, it just made sense. Um, And you look at the, you know, the long, you know, history of Notre Dame captains and for my name to be, you know, up there in history, you know, with legends and, you know, some of the some of the greatest college football players ever and even the, some that went on to be in the NFL and and leave their mark in the NFL. And so to be able just to 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 be a student athlete at Notre Dame itself is um, a tremendous honor. But then to also be, you know, a captain at Notre Dame is it, 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 nothing compares to it. 
I remember the Clemson game, and obviously that was a seven thirty kickoff in, in in the states, so it was it was late here, and I stayed up till about four o'clock in the morning to watch the end of that game, and it was just so worth it because you know we we bet Clemson, we toppled Clemson, fans rushed the pitch. What was that atmosphere like in the stadium that night? To be honest, if you if if you were at that game or you probably just watching it on TV, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have known that it was the COVID season or that there were restrictions on you know limited fans and you know the number of fans that could be in the stadium because from the moment the ball was kicked off, it was extremely loud. We both teams were juiced up, uh, fans were going you know going at it, but it was just an incredible environment. And and you talk about you know having to stay up till four a.m. Well, I'm glad that we ended up getting the W for you. I'm glad you stayed up and we got the win for you. But, um, but it was it was it was like for that like for the COVID season and everything that happened and like I said, us being able to play a full season and the ACC allowing us to travel to you know to away games and have home games and things like that. It was just you know the perfect setting. Um, Trevor Lawrence didn't play a game, but it was I don't remember our rankings pre pre game uh but it, i know it was a top 5 matchup um we were we were very excited we last time we played clemson we lost to clemson and so this was an opportunity for us to you know get them at home our students um there was it was actually their senior night because it was the last uh last game before the semester ended and so everyone in the stands was just like they were on edge we we were all excited and so when we when we we battled hard it was it was a high scoring game and being on the defensive side, I'm sorry that it was a high scoring game. I wish I wish we played a lot better. I wish we, you know, made a, a couple more stops in regulation. But getting to overtime and being able to close that game out and being on the field, you know, after our offense scores and allowing us to go in the game, yeah. defense, it was, you know, once once the I think once a quarter, I think we sacked the quarterback to end the game and he just threw it up. But mm. once that once that happened and the game was over. It was like, oh, it was a breath because at Notre Dame, it's like, you know, a lot of people say we couldn't win the big game and we couldn't, you know, we couldn't do that. But for us, that was just a huge accomplishment. Um, the students ran on, the, I think an entire stadium ran on the field. I don't know if it was just students, but that was also a surprise to us. And um, it's funny because as, as people are running onto the field, you want to celebrate with your teammates and everything. But then the students run on the field. And it's like, oh, snap, where's my mask? Where's my helmet? <laughs> Let me put my helmet back on so I don't yeah. so I don't uh get sick or anything like that. But it was, I mean, it was all worth it. And when we got into the locker room, it was just a ton of fun. Yeah. So you're 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 coming back over in a couple of months' time for the game here. What capacity are you are you traveling in, Sean? Are you coming over as just a fan for a vacation or are you coming over in terms of your varsity house podcast to do a broadcast in Dublin? So fortunately, I was able to connect with uh, Executive Global Tours, oh, and yeah. I'm going to be coming over with them um, along with some other uh, Notre Dame, you know, legends uh, like Mike Golick, um, Ryan Grant, uh, Brandon Wimbush, and, and and the list goes on. But we'll be able to. I think we're getting there on the 21st, and we'll be staying there the week up to the game and traveling right. to different different sites um, in Ireland and meeting different people and playing on different golf courses. So very fortunate and thankful for, you know, ex uh, executive global tours for allowing us to have that opportunity. Yeah. But so I'll be, I'll be around, I'll be traveling. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be a full on tourist uh, the entire time. And 
very excited, you know, uh, to see the Irish take the field on Saturday. And I'm sure that and, and I'm really excited to see the stadium because I think uh, uh, Wisconsin, was it Wisconsin? and uh, Yeah, Wisconsin and Northwestern played their okay. last Yeah, so fun fact about that game. I don't know if you heard. It actually made the front page of ESPN, so you might have seen this. But during the game, the uh, the card machines went down, so nobody could pay for their drinks. They oh. started throwing free beer out, so it was uh, it, it got messy pretty quickly, let me tell you that. Yeah, so hopefully the, uh, the machines aren't, you know, they're still having some malfunctions and we can figure that out. But, uh, but no, I'm, I'm excited. Like, like I said, uh, and this, and this is a great, and that speaks to Notre Dame being able to, because this will be our supposed to be our third time. This will actually be our second time. But being able to put this on the schedule for uh, multiple classes to be able to go over, yeah, this. I mean, that's just something that Notre Dame offers and. Um, I'm very excited just to to see the tradition um, of you know Ireland and be able to you know, uh, connect with them you know Notre Dame and you know Ireland being able to connect with each other. So I'm excited to be there the entire weekend. I'll definitely be touring and seeing a bunch of different sites. So after Notre Dame, you know, you graduated, you went to the draft. Tell me about that process and, and joining the Raiders. What was that like to get a taste of professional football? Um, so my draft process was a little different. Just because it was following right after the COVID season. And so we were, we weren't, we were unable to have the NFL combine. We weren't really allowed to have meetings with yeah. teams on like at their facilities. And so a lot of it was just like, vir like virtual. That's where zoom picked up. That's where phone calls picked up text messages, all those type of things. So um, as, as far as that end, it was a little bit different. I would say it was a little, it's a little easier on my end um, just because we didn't have to, necessarily go train in front of coaches or go yeah. do interviews in front of coaches or anything like that. But um, the, the training process was fun. It was one of the only times, honestly, that I was just able to focus on training and um, not, and, it, and it's a little different because, you know, when you, when you're, when you're in off season and maybe you go home for a little break and you're training for, you know, your college season, you know, you have something to look forward to, you know, that, I know come July, end of July, I'll be back at Notre Dame. I'll be getting ready for a college football season. I know the schedule. I know all the coaches. I know all my teammates. And so this was the first time that it was a little different where you were training kind of blindly. Um, you, yeah. were training for, you were training for an opportunity. You didn't know if you were going to get an opportunity. You didn't know where the opportunity was going to be. And so at that point, you're just, you know, just training for your dream. And so when you when you put it in that perspective, it's like, I'm, I, this is the this position I've always wanted. And so, and, and it's right in front of you. And so it was a fun process. Uh, like I said, a little different due to, due to COVID and things like that, but um, definitely a fun process. And I, it was, it was, it was, it was fun just because you, you got to train all day and you got to just, you know, have fun, watch TV and just kick it, honestly. Sounds ideal. And how did you find the jump between playing collegiately in Notre Dame and then going to the NFL, what was that kind of gap like for you? Um, I would say the big, I would say the biggest difference would be um, definitely the locker room, honestly, because I feel like in college you understand that maybe if you don't play your first, second, or even third year, you'll still be a part. You 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 should still be a part of the team, mm. and that, that where you kind of develop a brotherhood, and you really you really have time to get to know the people, you get to invest in people, and you become you know friends, you build relationships where. Maybe as the NFL, it's just strictly business. And so when you come in, it's, you're trying to take another guy's spot. And, and the locker room is, isn't 
and, and it's, there's so, it's so much transactions in the NFL to where you don't really necessarily, you want to get to know people, but you don't know if that person's going to be here tomorrow. You don't know if that person's going to be here a week, a year from now. So it's a little different of that aspect, but at the end of the day, um, Notre Dame, I feel like prepared me very well to be able to play against, you know, some of the top, um, to some of the top athletes around the country. And so playing and, you know, being in the meeting rooms and, and understanding the game of football, I feel like Notre Dame prepared me very well and I was very comfortable on that end of things. But I would just say the locker room and just, you know, the brotherhood and how you go about things was a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah, of course. So are you still are you still playing football? Are you still trying to, you know, keep that keep that NFL dream going or what's your kind of where are you at in your life now in terms of football? Yeah, so in terms of football, I'm I'm a free agent, so I'm like still available. Um, but I just at the end of the day, it's kind of just like in the back of my mind. Um, it's something that obviously I grew up loving, it's something that I that I'm very passionate about. Um, I do understand, like, just with my injuries and everything that I've gone through, just being able to still play the game would be a little bit challenging for me. It's, mm -hmm. it's something that um, I've thought long and hard about to where I would love to still play the game. I would love to, you know, do uh, continue my passion. But um, I also understand that, you know, there's other opportunities and I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to experience those other opportunities and explore things that are still connected to football, still connected to sports, yeah. but still be able to uh, have some freedom and, and enjoy my health while I can. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's an interesting area because it can be hard for former athletes, particularly football players, to find their niche when they stop playing, you know, find out what they want to do or their, their passion. Okay, what's next for me after football? But I think that's something you've that you've really done quite well with the with the various projects you're working on. I believe you're coaching youth camps as well at the minute. Yeah, so honestly, it was it was it, and it took a little while to figure out what I actually wanted to do. And I, and I honestly think that um, where we had a lot of downtime during the COVID year, and as far as like watching sports and you know a lot of things just weren't really going on. And so at that time, podcasts I feel like really picked up and was really like was something that I really started to focus on because live sports weren't, you know, weren't a thing at that time. So the only type of, you know, new type of content or centered around sports were podcasts. And so I, that caught my interest. And I, and I, I actually ended up, I was, I was roommates with Ian book my last season and I ended up buying a camera, like buying all the equipment. And I was like, all right, let's start up like me and him. Let's start a podcast. And the season started going on and everything started happening. And we just, we just never even took it out of the box, but I fast forward to maybe like a year and a half later when I wasn't with the Raiders anymore and I was figuring out what I wanted to do. I just look, I thought back to that idea and I was like, okay, well, I still have this like network of, you know, NFL friends, collegiate friends, and then also, you know, coaches that are head coaches at different programs. Now, let me figure out, you know, if they would be willing to explore this with me, you know, let me figure out if they would be willing to, you know, help me along this journey. And so, I just started studying podcasting a little bit um, and reached out to, you know, some, some guests, reached out to some of my old coaches and they were more than willing to like help me and, and come on for the episode. And because before that, it was just an idea. It was something that I wanted yeah. to do. And so having like their support, having their back and really, you know, helped me um, transition uh, into it because it was, like I said, it was an idea. And I was like, I'm going to do three episodes with Marcus Freeman, Brian Kelly and Clark Lee. 
And if those episodes were bad, then I'll just stop. So they actually ended up being really good. And I ended up enjoying the conversations. I, I've never hosted anything before. I, so it was it was just all new to me. And so after those three episodes, I was like, okay, I kind of like this. And so <laughs> just kept going, kept interviewing people. And then um, I, I began to to like the reactions that the, the audience or that the fans, the community um, got from the podcast, being able to you know, to being able to connect with an athlete or a public figure just a little bit more by hearing their story yeah. um, podcast authentically and organically. And so I just that kind of just got the, the ball rolling to where I wanted to create more experiences like that. And so but more engaging and more maybe hands on. And so that's kind of where the camp idea came from and yeah. and greet some live events, things like that. And so now we recently just hosted a, a camp in Cleveland, Ohio, where I'm where I'm from. And we had, and we was called it local legends. And so we had some of our Cleveland local legends come out um, to, to just help out and just be special guests. So we had the mayor of the city come out. We had Bernie Kozar, who's uh, a Browns quarterback legend. Yeah. Uh, we had a few Browns players come out and then okay. and also some NFL players, some NFL players who are from Cleveland, but also are on different teams. So it was really just grabbing the local legends, the public figures in this in the community in the city of Cleveland, and allowing them to connect with the community. And so it was a free youth camp and everything right in the right in the central downtown. So that's just you know trying to so, figure out ways to connect. Yeah. Are you so? Are, are you a Browns fan then, being from Cleveland? I yeah, I am a Browns fan for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Well, we we might have to fight then because I'm a, I'm a diehard Steelers fan. So when you come to Ireland. <laughs> We're, we're, we're trying not to have a disagreement about professional football, all right? We're, we're both Notre Dame guys. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah, so uh, kind of now I'm, I'm more so of a players guy. You know, yeah. whoever can whoever comes on there, because we've had like Mika Fitzpatrick and then Chase Claypool when he was on the Steelers, they came on the podcast. And so, you know, any any I'm, I'm a fan of <laughs> of any of all our podcast guests, no yeah. matter the team that they're on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you mentioned there, you know, the likes of Marcus Freeman, who obviously has been straight up the line to head coach from defensive coordinator one year, I think one year or two years as defensive coordinator, then, you know, kind of main line to head coach. What do you make of, um, of, of you know, Marcus Freeman's teams to date? Like, how do you kind of rank him among the, and I, and I know it's early days still, but what, what kind of chance would you give him to, to get success with Notre Dame, to have success with Notre Dame? Yeah, I would say um, I would I would just give him time. I think he's doing what. First of all, I would just say he's doing a, he's doing a hell of a job. Um, the players, for one, really like him. They really yeah. enjoy his presence um, around you know around the facility. I think the Notre Dame community um, and campus really love him and and everything that he's about. And so I would I I actually didn't get to play for him. So as far as like his coaching style and coaching habits, I'm not too familiar with that. Okay. But, just from what what I've heard from players, they you know he's a player coach. They there there's you know there's conversation being had you know between players and coaches, and so there's always good good dialogue is always a good thing. And so I'm excited to see what he does this year, honestly, just because I feel like you know when he when he got brought on, we were, we were, we were with Clark Lee as our defensive coordinator yeah. for, for four years, I believe three to four, I would say four years. And we had time to really develop and really understand the scheme and start to really, you know, mesh and, and, and find our roles in that scheme. And so now, you know, with Marcus Freeman coming in, 
the defense changed. A lot of people, you know, a lot of positions changed. A lot of you know strategy. A lot of scheme changed, and so that's tough for uh, for a defensive player who have maybe been in a different scheme for three plus yeah. years or you know two plus years, four plus years to be able to change, you know, right off the back. And so then when he gets hired as you know the head coach, they bring in another DC. I'm sure the scheme, the strategies change there again. And so there's been a lot of trans transactions. Um, at Notre Dame right now, even on the offensive side of ball this past year. And so it's, I think, I think we just need time to, you know, coaches and players to settle in and, you know, start to get comfortable with the scheme, start to get comfortable with the coaches. And I think we'll start to, you know, our talent will start to show because if you watch a little bit last year, like there, there could have been some, some, a little bit more thinking going on and yeah. you know, things like that. And so, and also the coaches got to under got to get to know our players. And so I think, you know, both of those things take time. And um, I do think, you know, I, I think we have the, the, the administration that it, that will give him time to, to find, you know, to, to make things work. So I'm excited for this season. I'm excited for him going forward. I think he's recruiting very well. I think he has great, you know, assistant coaches on both sides of the ball and the talent, you know, Notre Dame always has talent. So I'm excited to see, you know, everything come together. You, you mentioned talent there a good bit. And as a former, you know, starter, as a former captain on the defensive side of the ball, you're, let's say you're viewing, you know, the current defensive backfield through those eyes. Who stands out to you? Obviously, you know, Benjamin Morrison, in my eyes, that guy is going to the NFL after this season. It, that's just a done deal. He is a generational talent, you know, along the likes of, um, oh, along the likes of, um, the other great Notre Dame, Kyle Hamilton, that's who I'm trying to think of. Mm -hmm. You know, they, you know, who stands out to you in that regard? Uh, I actually played with a, with a lot of the guys who are still there. Ben, I think, I think Ben is a, um, is a sophomore though. He's a true yeah. sophomore. I think he'll have one more year after this. Yeah, yeah. He'll be really good for his development. I think he had, because he came on, I don't think he started in the beginning of the year, so he kind of came on late. And so I'm excited to see, him have a full off season with some with some confidence being able to you know now that he has a starting role because when you're coming in as a freshman you're just you just want to do everything right you don't want to make mistakes and you want to earn a you want to earn a spot on the field and so now that he has that and he has confidence he has experience I'm yeah I think the sky's the limit I'm really excited to see what he does this year um I'm excited to see Clarence Lewis bounce back as well mm. um a guy that I played with he can he played as a freshman as well very talented um, and so I'm, I'm very excited to see what he does. He, I think he might have a fire lit under him, you know, after, you know, not being, not performing to the, to the level that he's capable of. And so yeah, um, Cam Hart as well. I know he was injured last year towards the end of the season, didn't get to play much. And, but he has great length. He has great size, uh, very athletic transition from receiver to corner. So this is just another year in his development, another year like being comfortable at the position. So I think our corners, um, for one, will be should be locked down. I think we'll be able to play a lot of man, be able to blitz, get a lot of pressure. And I do think, you know, some of our D linemen for sure are going to uh, help us out with, you know, with some turnovers on the back end. But I think DJ Brown, uh, veteran guy, I think he's he's a great leader um, yeah. for, for the secondary, like, you know, for a guy like Ben Morrison, who's young. And um, so um, I, I think that's it. Like, I, I, like I said, I'm ex I'm excited to see our our, D our DBs roaming around, playing a lot of man and getting their hands on the ball. So, mm -hmm. I, you you made the point there a few minutes ago that it, it used to be the the motto against Notre Dame that we that they they couldn't win the big games, 
And, you know, that kind of came back to haunt us a little bit in the first game of the season last year where we got off to a hot start against Ohio State and then kind of cooled off and let them come back. I mean, I remember watching that game and being excited going, holy shit, we might have a chance here to beat Ohio State. Ohio State come to they come to South End week one, um, you know, can Notre Dame beat them at home? Can they get that monkey off their back of not being able to win the big games? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was actually that. Uh, so I actually went to that Ohio State game, and you know, we talk kind of talk about just like the the understanding the defensive scheme and tra- and transitions and all that stuff. And I feel like we were we had the game until I think they threw a post. I don't remember the receiver for Ohio State that caught the ball, but we sent the safety blitz and I think the the nickel was outside leverage and they threw a post and it was just, you know, you can't give a open, Oh no. Yeah. Like an open middle to CJ Stroud and his receiver pretty much, you know, playing pitch and catch. So I thought we were good literally until that point. But like I said, like with the transitions on defense, like that was going to happen also first game, new DC. Yeah. Uh, I think it was a young defensive back in the game as well. So Hopefully we can like we we can you know brush up on all those things and being able to play them. I want to say the fourth game of the season, or I want to say fourth game of the season, and it's at home. Um, I'll be excited to you know see that game and see the outcome, just because we'll be able to to get the rust off our you know off off our backs and all those things, and be able to again the offense will be able to um, you know knock off all the kinks with the new OC. Our defense will be able to to to, to make plays. I, know, I we lost some great guys on the defensive side of the ball, so I know I'm so I'm sure some young guys are ready to get are ready, are hungry and ready to get you know get their feet wet on the field. And so I'm excited. I, I think like I always think we have a chance no matter who we play. Um, I do know Ohio State. I don't you know they don't have C.J. Stroud at quarterback anymore, um, and so they they also lost some great talent on the offensive side of the ball and defense side of the ball. So I'm excited to see what we do. I'm excited to see um Sam come in I'm excited to see you know all the new additions that we have and you know at home um under the lights I I would I would always give us a chance to you know win yeah. that game yeah absolutely so in your opinion how do you see the the college football season shaking out this year national championship game January 2024 in your mind who's there uh, give, give me an honest answer now national championship um I mean, Notre Dame goes goes eleven and one. We have a shot to be in the in in the playoff. I think. Where are the, our schedule? And this is kind of different. Like when during my time there, like when I was there, USC wasn't good. Yeah, USC is really good. Yeah. Um. So the schedule gets a little bit harder, and we all, and they also added you uh, Ohio State. So we got Ohio State, Clemson, USC. Yeah. And also, you know, Stanford is always a tough game. Mm-hmm. And, I don't want to downplay any like any other team on the schedule, but eleven and one. If we go eleven and one, I think we 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 would be in the like we would because yeah. well, no matter. I think I think one of the losses would come from um, Ohio State, Clemson, or USC. Yeah. And if if we can win two out of those three, I think we'll be battle tested and we'll be. And I think by that point we'll have a, a good enough yeah. team to win the national title. But so. My heart, my I'll do, I'll do my heart pick and I'll do my honest pick just because I'll say I'll say Notre Dame for Notre Dame is in a national championship, and then I'll say um, trying to think of court. Ooh, LS, LSU, Alabama, Georgia. I mean, it's got to be. Yeah, Georgia. I I I honestly saw a lot of hype around Penn State this year. 
Okay. I've been seeing a lot of hype around Penn State's roster. So I would say that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a bold call. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if Ohio State could get past Ohio State, I mean, if Penn State could get past Ohio State, they usually have a chance. But I would, so I would say Penn State, Notre Dame, maybe. But I'm like, honestly, like what I really think, I think, I do think LSU could get there. They were, they're returning a lot. The season that they had last year with, you know, I think they started spring ball with 35 scholarship players and then to see them win the SEC West. Jaden Daniels is is coming back. He's going to be even better. Um, Jalen Neighbor is, you know, one or neighbors. I don't know if Malik Neighbors is one of the best, you know, receivers in the country. And so I would say LSU has a has a great shot at making the you know a national championship. And then I can see them playing um, USC. So I can see USC and LSU. Uh, that's like my honest opinion. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, there's definitely some interesting matchup potentials there, and I'm sure that the brackets will be in in full force once the season kicks off. Look, mm-hmm. it's definitely going to be an exciting season. You know, there's, there's already a lot of hype. We're seeing the countdowns on a daily basis on, on social media. And, uh, you know, it it all starts in Dublin in a couple of months' time. So looking forward to having you over, Sean, and catching up when you get here. Thank you so much for joining me. And uh, all the best, and we'll, we'll talk soon. Yo, thank you for having me. Uh, enjoyed the conversation. Excited to meet you and excited to get over there. Go Irish. Thanks, Sean. Take care.